0: They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, I'm Tyler. And I'm KC. And you're listening to The Elbit Podcast.
1: The horse.
2: What's happening, all the woods people in the woods and the world out there? Mm -hmm. We are sitting on my back porch. It is a lovely evening. Once we moved over to the shade, of course, we went straight from, you know, Arctic blast, Snowmageddon
1: to summer. But uh, If you look down here in the coastal region, you're going to see a little <laughs> bit more of the 80s this week. And Let's move over here and look at this front coming off the Rockies. It
2: definitely uh, <laughs> made it mid-80s today, I think. Yeah, um, it, I looked at it, it was 81 at like
1: 530. It was so. 83 when I uh, got here. I set of my trucks. So. I
2: don't know how things that are dark in color make it in the woods. Like Peaks. Imagine big black pig is just not having fun today. No. After a whole winter of just loving life, you know. Or turkeys. That's why they got no fat in July. Yeah. That's right. They're nasty. They are. There's nasty. a black horse over there that's uh, I know
1: is hot. Subject you know? to human <laughs> yes. human uh, movements. Yes. It's so glad that we moved it to East Texas. hmm But uh
2: anyways, it's about as far from deer as you can be right now. <laughs> I like to think of this a lot. Um, you know, we just went through Hashtag shed rally season. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, once those deer lose their antlers, that's as far from shooting them as you can get, pretty mm-hmm. much. Because they is all those at that point. <laughs> they all slicks <laughs> at that point. A bunch but, of mule heads. <laughs> a bunch of, them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, uh, so, it's kind of like Christmas in July, except it's deer in April right mm-hmm. now. We're going to talk about the ways that you can kill a big buck in the month of April. You might be like, but there's no hunting seasons, guys. What are you talking about? Well, you probably know what we're talking about, You've right?
1: You've never been to Costa
2: Rica. <laughs> That's right. I have, actually. Okay. They do shoot whitetails down there, yeah. Funny enough. also saw an ad, or maybe it wasn't an ad. I don't know. I follow some like wildlife-ish Facebook pages, like Game Animals of the Past and stuff like that, and they were talking about how in um, Puerto Rico, maybe, or one of the islands down there, how there's european white tailed deer European, and I was like, "I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, white tailed deer are specifically North American, and then there's a population of them in Australia, and that's is all, it really all I know, I guess yeah, I knew that, yeah, or one of those, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Australia, but <clears throat> otherwise, like it's not like elk or moose or other things that like all the arboreal northern forests kind of all have the same stuff or bison right like tail are specifically north American so this page that was supposed to be <clears throat> kind of an authority was not very authoritative <laughs> in that sense uh all i could figure is that they were roe deer or something like that you're
1: deer baby come on now yeah
2: it's like uh they look like normal whitetails, but the headlights are blue instead that's the only difference
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um weird yeah anyways um i was uh trying to figure out something about deer hunting down in uh uh cancun when we went down there to do that wedding at puerto <laughs> morelos it's uh they said there's whitetails, you know, down there, I guess. I in believe it. Brush. It's, I saw it's a whitetail thick.
2: mount in Costa Rica when I was there.
1: Yeah. My mm-hmm. my cabbie, my taxi driver, he didn't think that anybody hunted them down there. Yeah. Like, he didn't know anybody that hunted them. Mm-hmm. It's like, surely the cartel hunts them or something, right? <laughs> I He's don't know. Fun. I knew a
2: guy from Mexico, you know, worked <clears throat> with a guy who was from, um, I don't know, not quite the Yucatan, but just up, you know, kind of on the coast. And he said people hunted rabbits a lot and people hunted, he just was describing this thing and it was nothing that sounded right. I think it might have been a paca or something, kind of like a um, capybara-looking deal or something. I, I couldn't quite figure out. He was like the round
1: giant rat. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much what he said. Yeah, that was. Uh, I was thinking about that um, trip, and I told the story, the different story of it, um, on uh, what episode was that? It was uh, 108. It's called... On fire, almost going to jail in Mexico. but uh, <laughs> That was crazy. <laughs> was, that was one of my better stories, and you I can't actually, even remember it now. That
2: one you uh, withheld from me until the podcast. Yeah.
1: And I was just sitting there like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dude, I can just remember <laughs> getting to that hotel room with Justin, hadn't said a word to him because we were run, going through military checkpoints and stuff, and just, like, sitting in the, in the on the bed, opening the window and letting the breeze blow in off the Gulf and just going, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> uh, just like it was such. A- such a burden of a relief, man. That's how I feel every time we go into Blue State and get, get out.
2: <laughs> we go to Illinois and Scout Deer, I'm like, oh, we made it home.
1: Mm. Where were we? Uh, oh, remember when we stayed in the Ritz-Carlton uh, for the QDMA deal? Yeah. yeah, boy felt yeah. out of place. You were, you were loving driving in that area.
2: Man, I did not like driving downtown New Orleans. I've been a passenger once, and I've been a driver once, and neither time has been fun. I was, I mean... Valet sketched me out because I'm like, that's my property. I'm just letting you drive it off. Um, technically, it's the bank's property that they have loaned on me, and then I'm going to let you get it since so it's even worse. But, uh, so, but at that moment in time, I was so happy to hand my keys to that person, whoever they were. And be like, take this away. I do yeah. not need a vehicle down here. I don't care if you wreck it or yeah. what. The next day, a uh, voodoo woman gave me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah uh, right before
1: you ate your shrimp oh boy that's
2: right uh, yeah man she was
1: so happy that you gave. She her. was that's um, uh, you know i think i've <laughs> got a little better judgment of who to give money and who not to than you do what
2: a g- great <laughs> gift she gave me <laughs> i don't know if i ever told that story on the podcast or not surely we did after surely, that man um there's was was a, a it was one of your favorite life moments yeah yeah it was a good one if y'all hear my son yelling at me through the screen door sorry but yeah that was fun uh <laughs> got to uh, talk about Canadian geese with Luke Lehay and all that stuff. Yep. So, yep, um But what is going on here? <laughs> so as you heard, uh, my son is slightly interrupting because we have to leave the doors open because my air conditioner is malfunctioning in my casa right now. Um, People up north are like, no big deal. Yeah, it's just We're April, guys. <laughs> we
1: still got fires.
2: <laughs> Which is weird because this time of year we have uh, winter in the morning and summer in the
1: afternoon. Yeah, It was chilly this morning. Yeah. But it wasn't the last few no, it was a, it was good mornings the last few man. I was uh, like tomatoes grew last night. Yeah,
2: for sure, man. My figs have been popping lately. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Crappie been growing. That's eggs. it, dude. It's like I know. Right now we're sitting here, and we should be in a boat dabbing for crops, but uh, alas, alas, um, this is the Element Podcast, so. We take we take care of y'all first. We got to do a little
1: little
2: talking. I know it. You are lucky. So anytime you're gonna send me fillets in reparation for this year, preferably filet mignons. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, is somebody this guy? Me and my dad went fishing Saturday afternoon for a couple hours, and uh, it was not popping yet. It was still a little bit cool. Um, We saw this guy on the bank who was you know in a nicer neighborhood. He was jigging, and he's like, yeah. Man <laughs> I don't even I don't even hardly like to catch or eat crappie. I got my dad was like, yep, I'd rather have catfish. And I looked at those suckers and I was like, Y'all can give me all the crappie you catch. Because y'all are crazy. Yep. It's like <clears throat> we have this in the white tail world too, where it's just like kinda like the whole uh oh, I only on public land. It's kinda like uh it's not cool to like the easy or the delicious or the like common thing you know it's like it's real cool to go against the grain yeah. right and uh <laughs> you know why it's called against the grain because it's not easy and it's um you know not for everybody no. so it's okay
1: yeah uh, like we had a conversation in my band group uh, text group yesterday actually about this cuz Jordan wants to um only like music that nobody else knows is existent pretty yeah. much and so then he wants to cover it. And Jacob's like, you know, Jacob listens to mostly like top 40 stuff, you know, mm-hmm. probably listens to some other stuff here and there, but like mostly top 40. So him and Jordan just went at it <laughs> and they <laughs> were just dissing each other so hard. And yeah. Jacob's telling him, this song sucks, you know, <laughs> he's like, why should we play this? Like, nobody's going to know it. It's not fun for me to have to learn it. And mm-hmm. it's not a good song. Yeah. And so that's, uh,
2: if you're, uh. Writing originals, that's cool, but if you're doing covers, you better do covers people know. What's yeah. the point? <laughs> exactly. What's the point? Exactly. We're trying to make money here. <laughs> trying to make
1: money. Yeah. It's like, same thing, man. If you're trying, to, you're trying to make money with your mouth, you better eat some crappie fillets and quit going <laughs> against the grain with all that yellow catfish. The
2: yellow cats.
1: That's <laughs> all I like catfish, too, but it's
2: just yeah, funny to good. hear, I don't know, banter. My dad's kind of getting to the old man stage. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> You know, I don't know, but well, I digress. I, I uh, do I use that in the right way? I feel like yeah, it's a smart it, person thing to say. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. You
1: know, speaking of that, I know a guy that's pretty smart that would say that. Um, and you may not want to. You may want to edit this out or whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, I was telling you earlier because last last week we had a, a guest on that was uh, definitely uh, throwing a little. I guess they call hate. Uh, to the meat eater direction, which is probably not the truth, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that would be what you'd call. That's it, what right? it's commonly be called. Especially and I don't want to go against the grain here. And especially
2: the um, ones who might
1: come to the defense of said meat eater. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, um, consequently, it was maybe the best received podcast we've had all year. <laughs> <laughs> people, there were a lot of people that said they loved that guy. I don't know if that's because of those statements or not, but I just want to say, him? I mean. Yeah. He's a man's man. He is a man's <laughs> man. He is, man. Especially with his shirt off and them sheeps, you know. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but he uh uh I just wanted to, to uh say that I haven't listened to a meat eater podcast in probably at least four or five, maybe six months. Um I can't even think that I listened to one during deer season. And I listened to the first one that I haven't since whenever it was last today. Um it's called Smolt to Adult. A lot of you out there listening right now, have heard it. And it was about, like, uh, salmon migration, you know, mm-hmm. into Idaho, essentially. I thought it was really well done, honestly. So I'm just going to throw that out there and it's let so you guys chew you. on that. I'm going to let y'all chew on that. I'm not going to say anything else about meteor good or bad. And uh, I just wanted to make that point because I think Steve would say I digress. <laughs> he would. He would be a guy That's that the say first
2: that. place I think I heard that was on the Meteor podcast. So. Yep. I try to do everything they, they do. I think know. I heard it from my sister. Did you? No. That also makes sense. <laughs> She's very smart. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but we uh, should digress from that as well. Yeah, the digression and, is thick around we just here. Continue, let's just continue digressing <laughs> until we wither away as feeble husbands that do everything their wives right. want. We're
2: going full-fledged Hemingway <laughs> at this point in time. But... Oh. <laughs>
1: So a crow left with the murder. Yeah, the, the the
2: meat and potatoes of this here podcast is how to kill a deer in in April, not August. We might do that one too. Just stay tuned. But go to Florida.
1: <laughs> That's right. Get eaten by mosquitoes.
2: <laughs> um, so um, we were sitting around. Tyler and I, we've been talking about stuff and trying to figure out if and when we're going turkey hunting and all this stuff. We've been, we had lofty goals of turkeys and it's just slowly starting to digress. (laughs) So, uh, we are like, man, I just want to talk about whitetail stuff because that's what we really like to do. And I know some of y'all are whitetail nerds, so you'll appreciate it. But Tyler and I have come up with a few points and a couple things, a couple topics you would say.
1: uh, This is the only thing we can do in April. That's right. That has to do with deer. Like, the only thing you can do in April is prepare and start lining your ducks up. Well, here's the deal, man, is that we end up
2: getting to deer season, and there being like things like, oh, I meant to get that done, Mm -hmm. and you're not getting it done in deer season. No. You know? Um, So, it's probably good to address this stuff and maybe make a checklist or whatever, and then maybe by July, start having some of this stuff knocked out. That way, you don't end up, you know, September 29th or whenever your opener is um, with like a bunch of stuff that's plagued you for a couple of years that you haven't
1: taken care of yet. Yeah. You know, some projects aren't you can't do them in a day too. You know, it's oh, like yeah. <laughs> if you if you look up and it's September, you're just not going to have it that year. Yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah. That's that's
1: definitely a fact.
2: But um, one of the ones that so we we do this thing anytime we do like a bulleted list like this is Tyler and I. We kind of separate and we say, all right, you come come up with some, I'll come up with some, and then we'll compare. And we're, usually, we have some overlap. So, we have overlap on mm-hmm. this first one. We're both going to talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably worth doing because, not even <clears throat> probably, most likely, most definitely worth talking about is trail cameras. Because if you listen to this podcast, there is a high likelihood you own one or more trail cameras. Because it is like become next to, you know, a weapon, like one of the things that deer hunters own. I mean, there are guys mm. who
1: don't own tree stands that still run trail cameras. Yeah. You know, some dudes out there right now, just, <laughs> I don't run those. Things. Yeah.
2: I don't eat crappie either.
1: I so. don't run those. I don't <laughs> eat crappie. coffee.
2: That's right.
1: We blow this bugle real loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so congratulations. If you're from Arizona, that's where you fit in because <laughs> they don't let you run them anymore. That's yeah, true. But, uh, yep. um, we are fans of trail cameras now. And, Albeit, I will listen to your arguments and probably agree with some about how trail cameras can taint uh, hunting seasons. And by all means, there have been years, specifically one that I know that we have a YouTube video of of me passing a buck I should have shot because I kind of thought, man, there's other there's bigger deer in here. You know that whole spill. Okay, Mm -hmm. that argument aside. The old public pass. The old pee <laughs> <laughs> uh, pee. on BB. You pee feed all over that
1: situation.
2: <laughs> Not long after I drank pee in that stand. No, oh my gosh, forget <laughs> <laughs> And then got pee on by Tyler. <laughs> what a stand! <laughs> let me tell you.
1: <laughs> no wonder we never hunted that this year. <laughs> because I'd have urine. to wear a rain jacket. <laughs> too much urine in the area? That's right. I mean, we made our own mock scrape too. Mm. Hey, that.
2: So, a good place to start. Mm -hmm. That's one of the few times I've ever seen this work, and we had this conversation with somebody here a while back about how, like, they weren't fans of mock scrapes because they felt like it was just a seasonal thing, and, you know, you may or may not get deer going to it or whatever. That place, there was not a scrape there. We made a mock scrape, like, four years ago, and ever since then, whether we make it or not, there is a huge, like, hub scrape Mm -hmm. at that spot. And we hung a trail camera there. In 2016, mm-hmm. hung a trail camera there in head. Now, yeah, man, that was a good camera. It was a good camera. But where's it glass, at now? Uh, it got flooded, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, no more. They make and them better now, though. Yeah,
2: now they're those are stupid, expensive, and not very easy to work <laughs> these days. But um, we've had a couple different cameras there this year. This year we didn't hang one there because we never made it back because we had so many things going on. I mean, when you're killing deer elsewhere, sometimes you don't make it back to other spots. But um, That was the place where we really saw the value of trail cameras on public land because <clears throat> it lets you assess. um, That was old man noise for sure. <laughs> that was, Did you hear that? Fire horse, <laughs> fire, fire old right. man. <laughs> it lets you assess how many deer are running around in a spot and how many people are running around in a spot. And that's one of the things that we learned is like a couple of years later, that spot got a ton of pressure because we were seeing dudes on camera. Mm-hmm. Stop seeing deer on camera, right? Mm. So trail cameras an integral integral part of what we do. um, Tyler, mm-hmm. what is you think, what do you think is the number one thing that we <coughs> slack on when it comes to truck cameras?
1: Man, the number one? Yeah. I feel like there's a lot. Okay. Um, give me give me. The I'm a big time one. slacker in this department, um, comparatively with you, but um, cleaning and updating firmware is a pretty- That's a big one. Pretty uh, number one, yeah. or pretty close at least. If you've um, got cameras
2: that are older than, like, a year or less, I mean, sometimes you really never know when there's a firmware update. But the good thing is, is most of the time, unless you're a terrible company like um, <laughs> mm, SC, uh, you don't have firmware on your camera, sackcloth. supposedly. Yeah, cloth that, That's what you wear whenever you use those. But um, yeah, I called their – so long story short, I called their – service department, because I was like, okay, this camera's not functioning right, it's got to be this, and they're like, oh, no, there's no such thing as a firmware update. So, yes, there is. So, anyways, get you a good reputable company. Most of them will have a um, spot on their website for firmware updates. You go and just put your SD card in your computer, and it'll download their, I guess, upload, technically, that to the SD card, and then you can download that to your camera, um, and it'll, don't get me started on what firmware it is. It's somewhere between hardware and software, right? <laughs> but it's just pretty much uh, the idea that it makes your camera function more smoothly and better. Get of the bugs. Yeah. yeah. Which I, don't, can someone explain to me how a camera hanging in the woods gets bugs, worms, things like that i don't understand i don't know man but I mean, <clears throat> yeah that's yeah.
1: one that's definitely uh i think you know more than more than that though like if you're using cheap trail cameras then you're not going to be updating the firmware kind of like you mentioned just yeah. a second ago probably because it just doesn't have firmware update they're expecting mm-hmm. you to buy another 60 dollar camera next <laughs> yeah, that's year right. um, but <clears throat> uh, cleaning them is a good thing because um you're going to get like bugs and stuff like that in them uh you're going to get spiders building webs and the sensors mm-hmm. and in the um, You know every, Everywhere else Essentially um, Battery posts Are a good thing To clean too Yes you know, A lot yeah. of them End up getting corroded Yeah so you could Pour some coke on them Right I guess
2: I don't know <laughs> I don't know either <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't
1: do it Without uh, consulting I feel YouTube like first there's Got
2: to be something better Like rubbing alcohol Or something You yeah. know I don't, don't consult us But just look that up
1: Yeah Yeah um, uh also just like cleaning the funk off the lens man will help you get better pictures next year but just get them ready uh taking the batteries out to store them for a couple months here so that uh batteries don't explode in them Mm -hmm. because if you leave them in the field right now they like in texas we've had them explode batteries explode because it gets 110 degrees and that was in the
2: shade too i remember when that happened to you you had it set up over there on the walmart property and like just smoked it. <laughs> yep. Explode CFO. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, along with that, I think that um, batteries are a thing that we slack on. We, a lot of times, buy the cheapo of cheapos because batteries is expensive mm-hmm. So, right now, <clears throat> if you wanted to, you could, like, just be watching sales, and anytime you see lithiums come up for sale or something, maybe yep. you
1: grab some. You know, yeah. <clears throat> but like, like you said, like cheap batteries will work, uh, and especially when you're talking about north of here, like in the summertime, mm-hmm. you know, you got mild temps. Yeah, cheap batteries until you start getting where you're going to get colder temps. Yeah, I mean, I suggested if you're going to run cameras all year, I mean, that's what I do now. If you got the budget for lithiums, you know, then. Mm-hmm. So but, be it. man,
2: I saw this one time this year. We had a cold snap in season, and I saw it on my property here. I put um, rail vacs, which are not <clears throat> the worst, but they're not the best, you know. And, uh, dude, they lasted like five days, and they only took like 250 pictures.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and I well, know lithium. I guess maybe better. not cheap batteries, but cheaper than lithiums, you know what I mean? Like something – I mean, even a copper top is going to be ch- cheaper than a lithium, you know. Yeah. So – um, and that's a good solid battery that'll work for mm-hmm. you for a while. So. Yeah.
2: So that's another thing is just kind of the battery maintenance stuff. So um, that's on all the cameras that you you have already. But if you're like us, you either got one stolen, one got ruined, or you just want to <clears> add a couple um, to your uh, to your um, regiment. There, um, it's probably a good time of year to maybe be looking for sales or looking for. Um, cameras to buy because before next hunting season these brands or these retailers are going to start kind of doing some clearance stuff on some of these cameras because just like with everything in the hunting industry there's new stuff
0: Mm -hmm. every
1: fall so um about june you'll start seeing some companies release new cameras and like a lot i think that's when essentially when june you can you can see the market basically when June happens mm-hmm. is when people start getting when the the hardcore guys usually start getting pretty interested in deer hunting. Uh-huh. Now your kind of passive deer hunters are usually going to they're going to listen to this podcast about October 24th. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like some of the hardcore guys, you know, even the hardcore guys are taking a little break right now, crappie fishing, catfishing, some of them. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, and so like in June though, that's when you start seeing Vel- velvet develop enough yeah. that you can tell, well, oh, that's going to be a good buck, you mm-hmm. know?
2: And I'll tell you this, uh, Moultrie actually sent us a couple, uh, cameras to do an unboxing on. We have a, a 900 and a 900. I, so one of them's infrared, one of them's red flash. Uh, I looked it up, and that A900I right now you can find on sale for sixty three bucks. Mm. With it comes with a sixteen gigabyte card and eight batteries. How do they do it, dude? I don't know <clears throat> because that's not a that's not a terrible camera, and I know it's like they got to be
1: making like ten cents on them <laughs> things.
2: <laughs> I know it's not as <clears throat> like cheap as some of the ones that you might find. But, you know, you start trying to buy batteries and SD cards. Like, especially, here's a little tip, guys. If you have to buy SD cards, don't buy them right next to the trail cameras. Go over to the cameras <laughs> yes, at Walmart because they're or way Amazon. cheaper. Yeah, or Amazon. Yeah, yeah you can yeah, get better cameras for that. But that, I don't know. I'm, we're going to do an unboxing video of those two and probably run a little comparison <laughs> with some of the other cheaper trail cameras we have. But uh, so far, I'm pretty impressed with just the fact, the price point and what you get on those Moultrie 900 eyes. I think it's going to be a pretty good little option especially for like that public land spot where um you know you don't want to well we might
1: run a few cell cams on public
2: but man it gets kind of scary sometimes yeah. you know well but, let's
1: talk about that a little bit like what um like when we start getting those cameras back out here in the next uh-huh. few months and in june we start putting them out what kind of uh what are you focusing on what are you thinking about because like where to put
2: them is yeah sam so that was one of the points i had is like <clears throat> one of the things you can do this time of year is Think back at, like, camera locations that you had this year, which ones did well and which ones didn't, and then also maybe take it to the next level and say, I got pictures of deer, but did that actually help me kill animals mm-hmm. at that location, or was I just getting inventory? Because the pee-pee
1: hole that we hunted, yeah? we had some summary intel there that didn't work for us, oh, right? not worth a hoot. Yeah, yeah. so that's it's the thing, man, is
2: that honestly, outside of um, – you know, maybe having we talk about this all the time, but the dilemma of summertime trail cameras in Texas is that you're not gonna see those deer there in yeah. the fall so. and I,
1: I feel like that's a thing in a lot of places too, yeah. not just Texas, but I mean, I mean, we definitely saw it mm-hmm. like we we were so confident going oh, into that October yes. <clears throat> I mean, we had multiple deer in daylight, multiple times mm-hmm. in that area <clears throat> in a place that was like we could access fairly well. we felt like kill these deer we knew what they were kind of doing and they just disappeared once the velvet came off we did
2: stupid all day sit there yeah yeah (laughs) we talked about it you know i
1: think i think for me like looking at you know if i was to go back like you said and think about what has worked for me in the past Mm -hmm. um when it comes to setting trail cameras in the summer one thing that worked this well that we have you know pretty good proof of is the illinois buck i mean we went it was June, I think, mm-hmm. when we went out there. and You found a hub scrape that was a you know a year round community hub scrape mm-hmm. that you could see. You know, and this is one of those deals in June. If you can still see the scrape, it was probably good scrape. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. in the fall, it was it probably a good... was the size of a Volkswagen. <clears throat> yeah, this fall. it got hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, if it's still a, a dirt spot there, so which I do believe <clears throat> that there's still a camera there. Is that right? Um, I think there is. Yep, yeah, I think there is. Mm-hmm. So. I'll be interested to see that. Yes. Um, But, yeah, so, like, that, uh, that you know, we went and put that camera on a summertime scrape that you could tell, like, kind of still had some use from the licking branch, you know, Mm -hmm. being relatively, looked like it was kind of fresh a little bit. Like, they're still licking on it and stuff. And when it's just set up like that and the scrape is good and the licking branch is there and it's still, in you know, tacked a little bit that you know in the summertime you're probably going to have some deer using that. So that's mm-hmm. a good place to to line up some early season scrape action. Another thing that I think of is um, if you know it's, as far as I know we're getting ahead of April here but essentially this is same, same vein of conversation like um, finding areas of heavy doe concentration I think um, is kind of a key way to find and kill bucks in the rut. So those doe like finding bucks, like we said, we found a bunch of bucks here in Texas that summer 2017. They all moved off because their testosterone changes and blah, 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 you know, but they go to their fall range. The does are a little less apt to do that, especially family groups. So mm-hmm. if you can find like, you know, a family group, three or four does um, hanging out together and, you know, a couple of family groups and know that that's like a high concentration of does that's going to bode well for you. I think in the rut, um, and it's going to be a place that you can kind of rely on, as opposed to like, well, I had bucks here in the summer. Now I don't know what to do because you know it's September 29th, and we got got the hunt, uh, you know, got the season opening up soon, and this buck is nowhere to be found. So yeah, what, just getting into getting into does and trying to locate uh, big groups of does, I think would be good too. What so?
2: <clears throat> what are you? I'm guessing you're thinking about like getting on a map you know, like on X or whatever and thinking about places to put a camera, right? I mean,
1: I think like <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. So but I mean also, you know, when June comes, like what are you looking for? You know, what do you look for when you get on mm-hmm. the ground? And I think what you want to do as far as map scouting right now goes is, you know, if it looks like on the map, if it looks like a good place to kill a deer and you don't have to see it with your with your boots and your eyes, <laughs> then uh you you know, it's probably got does. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, it may may not have a big buck But it's probably got does around. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in other words, it's maybe a food source that comes, you know, has a creek system that leads in between these two ag fields or something, you know? And you're like, oh, right there, you know, on that transition is where they're going to come out of the field. Well, you can go put a, in June, put a camera there and you may find that's where they're entering the field. And you might be able to track that back to a place where they're either staging before they go into the field. Um, or even further back into some bedding stuff, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah, just, I mean, it's hard to go pattern a big old buck in the summer and expect that you're going to be able to kill him in October or November. Yeah.
2: At least in a like <clears throat> big habitat scenario, you know, maybe some places that you're hunting, uh, ag fields with small woodlots you know, wood and, and stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit different, but yeah, I think that, uh, there's a good chance your time spent elsewhere is a good idea. So yeah. <clears throat> that's I mean, trail cameras. Do well, your... I,
1: And I've got a couple more things on you know, trail cam- as far as truck cameras oh, go. Oh, my goodness. Just... You're such
2: a, a expert. Uh, I'm, just...
1: I'm so appointing. Um, <laughs> so, you know, another thing to do right now. We got off on talking about what to do in June and stuff. Yeah. But, like, right now is take, uh, take those cards and format them. Mm, We're yeah. gonna do a video over this because mm, one of members of our own team, <laughs> one of our own, does not know that this is a thing, and he hung a trail camera. Well, I erased him <laughs> that he erased the and pictures chips. for. He probably selected all Listen, and then put them in the trash. Chips are for salsa, okay? <laughs> he ain't listening. No, he ain't. Um, so anyway, you want to format those cards, um, and then talk about know,
2: that in just a second. Let's yep. do run through. I mean, a lot of y'all probably have Max. I don't really know how to do it on a a Windows or something else. But Mm. either way, you go to, um, like, you go to what, Disk Utility on a Mac, right? Yeah. And you go to Disk Utility, and then you go to Erase. Click the
1: card. It'll show you the card. Don't click
2: your hard drive. (laughs) Don't click your Mac hard drive or whatever it is. No, don't do that. But you go to a race, and then you format it to a specific format. I think MS-DOS Fat yeah, 32 is the right. one that always usually works well. Mm-hmm. There's a couple formats you can do. But that's how you truly do format an SD card. Yeah. And or so, you can do it on like a mirrorless or DSLR platform.
1: Yeah, you can do it on – a lot of times you can do it on you know your camera. Yeah. You can do it on your trail camera, which is, I suggest doing. If your truck has the format option, just do it on the, yeah. it on the, on the camera that mm-hmm. you're going to have that card in. So – <clears throat> but before you do that, that, formatting the card is an erase. It's a complete erase of all data, almost all data on there. So all your pictures will be gone. So I would say if you want any of those pictures, organize them, put them in folders, and then do some annual uh, weather pattern, you know, past weather pattern we'll looking. Say this right quick, too. Though. Yeah, yeah. Buy you a
2: hard drive an external hard drive because it'll slow down your computer I mean you can buy what like a one terabyte for like 60 bucks now and Mm -hmm. that'll for an average guy that's going to last you most of your lifetime
1: oh it'll last you a long time as long as you're not running video so yeah yeah. and even if you're running video you'll still have tons you'll have years of yeah you know ability with that and so yeah you could buy that uh, put all your cards, you know all your info on there as far as your uh, pictures and videos go and stuff organize them however you want them and then go and look at you know another thing to do right now since we're looking for things to do for the hardcore whitetailer right is um, you know at night uh, start looking at past weather weather data and try to put together these annual patterns you know if you're if you've got if you care about this you know you can look at the travel patterns of your doe family groups in say october Mm -hmm. late october even in november and match that up with winds and stuff because uh if those does are habitually moving on a certain wind a certain direction through at a certain time then there's a good chance that once november 5th comes around that there's a buck behind her you know what i mean so you know what's
2: crazy is that uh over at babylon um there's a doe family group that's they're always there you know i'm sure like matriarch's dead now and it's new ones or whatever but about every other evening you can bet on seeing them and no bucks you know once that's so weird man it's weird i I guess like that just must be a spot where like human pressure just gets those bucks out of there i mean i ain't even talking
1: like forkies aren't even there you Mm -hmm. know
2: it's like they're
1: gone yeah, it's, it is weird, man. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot to eat in there in the summer, too. So, mm-hmm. I see why they summer range there, you know. Mm-hmm. But heard they have in the past. I guess we hadn't. Like, the the next year we ran them, we didn't see as much there We've been burned too much summer. by the whole summer thing. Yeah. We did, Between we getting a lot cameras less. stolen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because 2017, that was the year we went all out. Yep. And then like five cameras got stolen from
1: one place and you locked your keys in the truck all oh, the same man. day. Oh, I'm <laughs> glad I don't have that truck anymore. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's just kind of, um, a couple of ideas or a lot of ideas, I guess, around trail cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, you know, as far as the rest of this stuff goes, I'm sure we'll be able to talk up a storm, but we didn't know how long the rest of these points would go. So yeah, might as well just talk trail cameras for a while, you know, <laughs> that's right, dude. I, <laughs> I love mean, them. Yeah. I
2: mean, you you might yeah you, know, you might turn your nose up at some crappie but dead gum it I know you like to look at a trail camera picture for a big bug who doesn't you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just cool dude yeah even if even if it's a place I never will hunt it's just something cool about it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, but anyways what's your next thing that you think in April is
1: a good thing to get done oh my goodness something I've been doing the last couple months and that I'm doing right now thinking about a lot is habitat manipulation mm-hmm. um, just bought a chainsaw. I've always borrowed. improvements
2: is what some people would call that, yeah. But
1: improvements, manipulation, manipulation. yeah. We're manipula- so, manipulating because it.
2: sometimes the things I do aren't improvements, that I think they're going to be, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go with manipulation, that's for right. Now. <laughs> um,
1: so I, I planted, um, what I, and I'm going to talk, I guess, just about some of the stuff I've done on my property. Mm-hmm. I planted, um, a bunch of warm season native grasses, um, blue, big blue stem, um two types of switchgrass one's alamo one's a blackwell and then the other is an indian grass and they're all like i wanted tall grasses because i've got a big open field which you guys will see whenever i start releasing videos (sighs) of the big old buck i shot this year uh we're doing a big long uh multi-part series and then you know the entire film is basically a two-hour film probably mm. i would imagine close at get least. your
2: popcorn get your popcorn it's <laughs>
1: gonna be awesome it's gonna be i'm hoping it's you know a little something different than what you know what's out there right now and something kind of a change of pace and something that is uh fun and kind of an event and experience as opposed to just like a one-off hey we killed a deer on public you know yeah and so what's what's it gonna be called you got a name um monster bucks oh I mean, baby what do you think does that work <laughs> what if it's called like you think that that would be a hit I mean he had some big antlers right yeah and then you collect him oh what if you called it bone There, that's a good idea too <laughs> it's a good idea cause I collected bones that's right yeah that's a good idea I'll think about this um, But anyway I've got You'll Thanks see Thanks for the
2: target By the way guys Boom <laughs> collector's the target I Tyler
1: won one <laughs> uh, yeah, I tried to get creative Man they it's liked good, it dude. I can't it's remember good. why But oh I think I said Waddell For president Or something on there And yeah. they gave me a target Good Um. Anyway So we're digressing now. <laughs> uh, we're, we, uh, yeah, I've got this big open, a lot of open country on my property um, for you know relative to its size, and it's got a little bit of like, I don't know, uh, neighbor, um, not it's not secluded from neighbors, and a little and obviously road too. You know, there's a little bit of road frontage, so I'm trying to like deal with that, and I'm trying to create basically. Um, a lot more of what you got going on here. No, because like, I
2: have way less deer than you
1: do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, you've got thickets and stuff, plum yeah. thickets, and you got sassafras <laughs> up here and the small pine thickets and stuff, which I'm not probably going to have, but, like, I'll have different thickets of things uh, growing up sumac and stuff like that, hopefully, mm-hmm. along the way. And then, like, big uh, switchgrasses and stuff, too, hopefully. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the idea. I've been planting a little bit on that. I've also planted uh, – I just, like, dispersed milo. I don't know if any of it planted, but I did it right before a storm, mm-hmm. and we got a good rain and everything, and I don't know if that stuff has to be planted, like, almost drilled or, like, in Man, good dirt. I don't think so, because, I, so I mean, I've spit
2: it on the ground and seen it sprout up.
1: I know. You know? So, I, maybe it just uh, wasn't quite warm enough. I don't, it might have been, so I'm going to, I got another bag of it. What if you pre-soak it? That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a real good idea. I might do that. Um but, yeah, I'll probably do that and plant before a rain. If you leave it too long, we can go catch catfish with it. There you go. <laughs> I just – I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like that um maybe that the birds eat it before it even has a chance. possible, but I don't know. There's not a
2: ton of birds around here. And, I- really, they don't like Milo that much outside of doves. You know, like, whenever you get bird seed with Milo in it, they'll pick around that Milo to get hmm. to the other little stuff. But, I mean, it's possible. Who knows?
1: Um, I I – I'm trying to plant some milo because I know that it will get pretty tall in our climate, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because we we get enough moisture. We get more moisture than Nebraska, where I was hunting in it last year, and it was, you know, plenty tall there, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm, like, thinking that, essentially using that for screening, um, the deer will eat it, but they're, you know— Dove might eat it a little bit too, is and that's kind of a, a bonus, but I just want it for screening mainly to in a couple of spots. So I'm kind of looking – most of my habitat manipulation is cover-based yeah. because, um, you know, the yellow gold works good. and You got food, yeah. And I don't have a tiller, so, you know, I can't go plan a food plot just very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad's got a little tractor and a tiller on it, but, dude, getting that sucker to my house – on a trailer and everything it's just i gotta borrow all kinds of stuff and it's just more than a hassle more i'm hassle. so ready to be through the stage of the borrowing stage of life too, you know what i mean me too man <laughs> i have to borrow everything well, last <laughs> time i borrowed a chainsaw i had to buy a new one because no. it got stolen out of my <laughs> no, back you of my borrowed mine
2: since my truck that's true yeah but that's you true. broke it so i need you to buy a new one did for, i break no, it i'm just
1: oh, kidding <laughs> Go <ahead. laughs> it's good because not... i bought a way more expensive uh chainsaw did you get an echo what, this time you know, no, I bought it for both. For bow. Bo. Yeah. Oh, that's right. What do you stolen? get? What do you got now? Then you get um, one? I got a poolin Poulin. Oh, Poulin. wild thing or whatever it is. No, it's just a yellow and black one. Yeah. Off of, off of Amazon. Cheap one. Got a bunch of had a bunch of gift cards. So that's um good. yeah. So anyway, that's kinda like you know, those warm season plants, if you're planting right now to mm-hmm. plant for cover, they tend to grow pretty vigorously and get pretty tall. They make good cover for the yeah. fall.
2: I think that one of the things along with that um, that I'll be looking at is maybe a couple of more permanent stands on my property. Because mm-hmm. I did hanging hunts a little bit over here, um, which is real lame because it's kind of like, man, what's the use doing all that work when you have your own property? Mm-hmm. Um, I might even build some wooden stands, you know, like some ladder stands or something. Well, I don't know. Metal's more cheap than wood right now. It's yeah, no <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, <clears throat> but that's kind of my take on stuff like... I think that my habitat manipulation is going to be build a gold nugget pen like you did, mm-hmm. um, because it seemed like to me that that worked like so well. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that you had corn ready there <laughs> that hogs could not get to. You know, hundreds of pounds of it <clears throat> seemed to make a difference for yeah. you. And I need to because I just ran a feeder and I had deer visit the feeder from time to time, but it ain't the same.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be my big thing. I mean, that's that. It definitely seemed to work, man. And, like, you know, I made it big for to give the deer a feeling of comfort Mm -hmm. once they got in there because, you know, at some point those deer in pen, you know, in a, I mean, they're all like the, the fences around properties and stuff are a pen, but it's big enough that they don't notice that. Right. Mm -hmm. If you make it tiny, a deer, maybe, especially like I was thinking, especially like a mature buck. Right. But like I was noticing that those bucks would walk in and just jump in and just own the place. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it was really the does that got all wigged out about getting in that, that thing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They would, they would, once they finally jumped in like they wouldn't even stay long. Sometimes creeps. They are creeps, dude. <laughs> East Texas jackrabbit creeps. They are, dude. They're just gummit. Mm, Hundred
2: and ten right. pounds of just creep dude, crazy on springs. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. If you hadn't watched, uh, we we shot a couple of does back in sixteen and seventeen, I think. Uh, East Texas does, and we put some videos out. If you want to scroll E-T-Ds. way back on <laughs> on YouTube and watch those, there's one of them. Was it the one that it was the one I shot yes. that you videoed so slow we had a sixteen,
2: seventeen, and eighteen. Okay. Yeah. I shot the one at eighteen. You yeah. shot seventeen and sixteen.
1: And seventeen we shot in slow motion. That deer made a three sixty around us. It was nuts when she took off like jumping, dude. Just crazy. Like yeah. how quick they are and it was it was really cool footage, but it's worth going back and watching if you want to scroll way back on YouTube and check it out. Yeah. Um but yeah, they're they're weird. You know, as far <laughs> as uh Another thing you and I did the other day on the habitat manipulation thing is you went and got a bunch of scions, monkey man style, out of the persimmon tree.
2: Tyler has the persimmon of all persimmons. you probably (laughs) the hardest to talk about a couple episodes back with Dudley Phelps. Oh, Dud the Stud. Uh, Thing holds persimmons well in November, which that tree's worth spreading around for sure. Yeah. I've got a couple around. It's almost time. Is it? Yeah. Like, I've got some small leaves on the one up here at the front, so, like, within a week, we're going to be grafting persimmons and it's going to be cool
1: sweet yeah well that's one that you want to be careful too about what you (laughs) i mean you can always cut down if it's not advantageous to your uh, hunting strategy but you uh you don't want it to be producing something that's messing you off your yellow gold pattern or something like that too so Uh,
2: at this point though like i'm just like get as much food on the property as possible you know because as many deer moving around a lot of people around here have got feeders especially mm-hmm. so if you can give them something else that they're not used to or like you know that pile of corn is a lot different than the you know f- spinner throwing it out
1: too yeah. so all yeah.
2: that's going to make a big difference
1: you um, you mentioned about getting stands um, more permanent stands here kind of brings me to my my last point if you're ready to move on yeah sure um, <clears throat> you know the my my last point that I had on how to kill deer in April is think about this question. Why didn't you kill your target buck last year? Or why didn't you kill a buck last year? What kept you from killing a buck when you had, had him in range and you couldn't get it done? Think about the things. And was it a piece of gear? Was it a piece of expertise or experience? What was it, you know? And if it's a piece of gear, um, I think like for me, like uh, for you, you know, say maybe it was a, a uh, big pen with a bunch of corn mm-hmm. constantly running, you yeah. know, and you didn't have the budget to buy the corn or the pen or whatever, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, kind of think, f- figure out the budget, what that's going to cost you to do, or, or if it's a saddle. So you, you, you felt like, man, if I'd have had a saddle and was just more mobile last year or could have gotten to this small tree, man, I probably would have killed him because he went right back past that sucker and I was 75 yards away, whatever. Take, take, you know and figure out what the budget is on that piece of gear what you need and then just do a couple of odd jobs right now just think you know think who can i help do something you know 75 bucks half day deal whatever you know just help somebody out mm-hmm. and uh make make you a couple hundred bucks and and you know save it and put it away for whenever you need it you mm-hmm. know whether it's the summer or whatever you know and get your piece of gear that you need that That'll help you, because there are a few things, I think. I'm not like a super gear nut, but there are a few things that are very helpful when yeah. it comes to gear, you know. Yeah. And corn, obviously, is one obviously. of those, you know. Oh, just killed my, one of my first mosquitoes
2: Yeah, they're all over me right What's now? going on, man? Mm. Golly. Yeah, I think that's cool, man. That's a of
1: a. And kind it may even a be a better coin. rifle, you know. Like, I know uh, a couple years ago, you missed, uh, was it a hog with a muzzle loader? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was just, you know, it just... <laughs> kind of a cheap borrowed muzzleloader it's like man if you got a muzzleloader season you really want to hit that just save up a little extra money and figure out how you can do an odd job and make you know the uh, money. i
2: can now hit with that muzzleloader pretty good out to about 100 yards because i took the scope off <laughs> was, that's how bad
1: that scope was yeah. Barska. yeah yeah it's not mm. a good one but mm.
2: yeah that's
1: good that's the guy that hit me up on facebook earlier
2: i thought that was the guy who like <laughs> um used to do stuff the hard way Ted Barska in his name? <laughs> oh, no. What was Tread it? Barda. Uh, Tread Barda. Tred yeah. Barda, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Tread's fallen some hard times, I believe. He might have even passed away. I don't know. I think
1: that's right. Did he? He's.
0: I knew he's, he's got like a son that's he broke his, Tread or something, too. He broke
2: his back or something, and things got weird. Yeah. All I know is that guy peed in his waiters to warm up. That was a, oh. He's weird, dude. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> some some rich
1: dudes are weird. Yeah.
2: The southern thing to say would be, God rest his soul, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it for sure is not uh, rest it. Uh, theologically sound. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't think. So, uh, anyway. So, uh, great point there. I something that um, I, I'm going to go with a more concrete thing and then something that's a little bit more abstract as well. Not quite as... Creative as you just because, um, I've been hanging out with a one-year-old all day. So my creative <laughs> juices are, they never flew as in flowed. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, oh man. <laughs> what's your, what's your thing that I love so squoze. much? Squads. I said it right.
2: in, a, in a video the other day and you didn't even say anything about it. I, I think it was that live
1: video. Yeah. Said I tried yeah. to, uh, I tried to hold it all together. Yeah. You were preserving the fourth wall. I was videoing yeah. with the two hands. <laughs> that two yeah. hands. So, um, Weapon stuff
2: is something I think you can really address this time of year. Um, new bows come out in the fall, Knows. which I think is ridiculous. <laughs> you should probably be buying a 2020 bow for the 2021 season. I, I'm i never going to tell you that November 5th is the time to get a new bow. It's just hey, I feel, crazy. I, mean,
1: I know people do it, and I'm not yeah. trying to knock you here, but I feel like that is a deal for the guy who – Is a hunting celebrity and has all day to mess with his bow and get it ready to go, Mm -hmm. and if not, multiple days. And has
2: everything it takes to
1: swap all the stuff off the other (coughs) one onto the new one and Mm -hmm. feel real good about it. Yeah, that's just no. I just like shooting all summer and then just dialing it in little by little and and just 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 feeling great.
2: Yeah, shooting three arrows in the evening and being like done. You know, like it's it feels good. So if you are thinking about being in the market for a new bow, maybe now is a good time to do it. And you might even luck into a couple situations. You might even find, um, you know, hate for it to be this way, but somebody who's hard on their luck, this, you know, and ready to kind of get rid of their 2020 bow or whatever. Or you might go to your local bow shop and support a small local business. And, uh, you know, they'd be really appreciative of you coming in and spending money in April that's so far away from deer season. Or. Uh, they might even be trying to kind of clear some of those out, getting ready for the new inventory that's gonna get there in September or October you know for the the releases that are gonna come in in November so um, if you're thinking about making a switch, which I am a little bit, we'll see, but uh, I definitely am I'm tired of shooting a short so short axle to axle bow um, so i'm I'm thinking about it, and uh I want to get that done in April. is kind of the plan. We'll see how that goes for us. But (laughs) uh, even if you don't swap bows, this is the time of year to go get anything done on your bow or rifle or whatever you are hunting with right now. Don't wait until August. Don't wait until September. You know, like if you think I'm going to go get, you know, I'm going to do this month early ahead of everybody else. Well, anybody who's like as serious as you are probably is doing the same thing. So, you know, don't don't be that person, not that you can't get it done, but, man, it's like Tyler was saying, you're so much better off getting everything dialed. Like right now, my bow is in desperate need of a string, and mm. I am going to have to get that done at some point in time if I don't swap. Mm. Um, so probably going to look at getting that done in April or May. Um, and I need to kind of fiddle with my side tapes a little bit. I'm swapping up arrows a little bit. <laughs> Me uh, too. Going to um, – be shooting some vectors this year i'm pretty excited about that to tell you the truth of the matter we i shot them in the yard the other day i actually shot them at a target in the yard not just you know just in the dirt but (laughs) man they fly bad to the bone they've got these uh what's he call it a t2i i think it's the brand of the fletch. i don't know he he, um isaac is like also
1: a canon camera
2: it it probably isn't a t2i then i (laughs) mean ti2 or something like that yeah, I had a T2. I as my first camera. Um, but uh, anyways, Isaac over there is like a a guy who nerds out on this stuff. And that's the kind of person you want producing, you know, products that maybe you aren't as nerdy as you yeah. <laughs> sometimes could be mm-hmm. on, you know. But he's got a lot of sweet ideas. But anyways, I, I shot him in the yard. Pretty impressed with the components. The knocks are top quality. But those those Fletchings, man, are rigid and super quiet even on a 4 four fletch, And, I mean, I was grouping broadheads out 65 yards, no big trick, you know, which yeah. um, I've shot the AAE Max Stealths in the past, and I thought I liked those. But, I mean, it seems like to me that uh, – <clears throat> now, given if I was perfectly tuned and just a perfect ace shot, technically you don't even need fletchings. Everybody uses them <laughs> because no one's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So you might as well find something that's – you know as easy to shoot as possible really that's kind of what um we talk about a lot you know it's it's all well and good to be able to hear sit here and punch foam in the backyard you know but like dude sometimes especially if you're like saddle hunting or something and you're all contorted and backwards you know you mm-hmm. aren't going to shoot with your bow perfectly not torqued you know mm-hmm. so you need to have something that's going to work in not optimal conditions yep. and uh, i think those errors are going to be sweet
1: anyway. yeah so i'm i'm excited man i that's I, I think you're speaking right up the right alley here, man. It's just like, you know, n- things aren't optimal when you're deer hunting, man. No, I mean, if they were optimal, I'd have had more deer killed on film this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, or I would have just killed more deer.
2: You know, same yeah. same deal. You know what I mean? It's uh, you you can't. It's it's kind of like your Christian walk. You need to understand that you will never be perfect, mm. but that is not by any means a reason to not try to be the best version of yourself that is right. possible as a human, right? That's and it's um, the same way with archery equipment.
1: Yeah, and it's like, same deal. Like, you you, uh, you may or may not know certain things, and so you want to surround yourself with people that can help you out with that. Like you said, that's you right. may not be the nerd that you need to be sometimes. And yeah. so, like, that's me for sure, you know? Like, I don't quite have the passion to learn about everything about the bow setup and the archery aspect, mm-hmm. but I want it to work. And yeah. I want, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm game to try to be better at it. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, but I need somebody who's going to help me and not just say, dude, just figure it out. Or dude, yeah. just, you know, you just got to do this. And it, and I'm like, I'm doing this and it's not working, you know? So yeah.
2: I'm halfway between you and Isaac. I can <clears throat> uh, kind of do it, but You're like Jesus.
1: You're the mediator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the
2: interseater. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. That's scary. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, if y'all haven't, go check out Vector. Check out the errors and stuff they have. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, So I'm going to be tinkering around, around with that stuff. Of course, you know, the thing everybody does, you know, broadheads or whatever. I'm going to stick with the same side. One of the things that I said I was going to do last year and didn't, and this is, this is what we're talking about, right, Quivers. I have the Matthews quiver on my bow, and I despise it. Hmm. Um, it. First of all, it's not quite big enough for most wider fixed blade broadheads, so you have to turn them a little bit sideways to get them in there, and sometimes they get stuck. Uh, when you shoot with the quiver on, which I like to do, um, the it has two points of contact, which is one is where... Get out of here, would be. Uh, they won't hurt you. Uh, <laughs> just, I know they
1: you though. It sounds like a helicopter coming over. But never mind.
2: <laughs> they, um, uh, the arrows contacting the you know the foam into the quiver where the point goes, and then it's not like eight inches down where the other you know uh, point of contact is. And I want to get something else that's like. Holding the arrow in there better because multiple times I'll be walking through the woods and, you know, a briar or something catches the arrow and you end up having to turn around and pick up an arrow off the ground I'm like it's lame. Yeah. You know, or what if you don't see it and then, like, you got a broadhead that's
1: yeah. exposed and, you you know, cut an artery or something. Yeah, you or know? you drop it out in the dark as you're walking out and you have no clue. And or it just hits your – I wish I did that. I lost
2: one over at uh, TL this year. Um, never found it. And – or, you know, worst case scenario, falls out and hits your string. Mm hmm. Ooh. Dan Beeler messed up his string this year. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he still shot with it that way and it worked. Ooh, <laughs> but that's a brave set. <laughs> he, so. he, he's, engineer. Engineer. he's probably mad that I said his name on here, but uh, <laughs> he. Uh, <laughs> we can edit it out. That's right. We, uh, I'm going to leave it just for him. Just, just make like, it a
1: deer groan or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> beep, 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 um, beep. He. So he was sketched about shooting it the first time. So for protection, he wore his high school football helmet when he no. shot his bow. LA. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my Because he had a visor and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: He is a visor kind of guy. He, he is, dude. You know, donna, good looking, good looking <laughs> well, you guy. You got a face like his, dude. You got to protect. That's him. right, man. <laughs> Good looking fella. You
2: got a face like mine. You grow a beard. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my thing. Is is the weapon stuff and the gear related to the weapon? It's a great time of year for that. And quite honestly, like it's a great time of year to just get out in the yard and shoot. You know, mm-hmm. um, as
1: long as your kids not between you and target, yep. it's a good time. Good weather. Yeah. Good weather for gardening. Good weather for fishing. Good weather for thinking about deer. Man, that's
2: it, man. So the last thing that I have that's going to help me kill a deer in April is. I'm going to work on getting in and out of the woods. I just mentioned a while ago how, like, my quiver, that's kind of the bridging point between those two things. Um, The interceder, if you will. (laughs) Um, So uh, (laughs) that's – I had issues with that quiver, you know, dropping arrows and stuff. And uh, there's other things that I've had um, that I have addressed some. You know, we went from the – uh you know i used to carry on the big old wide tree stand a lot you and i both did and then we went to saddles you know and this year we're gonna hunt out of those cruisers and they're bad at the bone probably the most we actually did a video of saddle comparisons and stuff Yep. and uh you were the one in the video but you and i share the same opinion those cruisers are by far the most comfortable thing that we've tried on at least And. uh mm-hmm supposedly there's one that's even more comfortable than that that's coming out soon
1: so i'm ready I
2: can't wait Tyler's gonna sit all it day come with a pillow yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> Sit all day sit in a cruiser saddle that's what you have to do this mm-hmm. year you ready <laughs> not happening
1: sorry chad <laughs> ain't happening
2: yeah well either way i, I sat all all day in saddle last year it wasn't too bad i had to get down use the bathroom but uh i know. eat
1: pop tarts by 8 a.m
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay just <laughs> so you know that's how it goes uh, yeah but uh <laughs> Either way, that that was a big improvement on getting in and out of the woods, you know, just the lightweightness of, of having a saddle and uh, being able to only have to carry sticks. But here's the thing, man, is that like you can always improve on this stuff, whether it's your gear organization, which mine in October is real good. Mine in December is not, you know, it's like, where's that clip, uh, you know? uh, Oh, it was the stupid little bow hanger thing I would always lose. i put it in a different pocket each time. But
1: I used to lose um, yours in a tree every time. No, I remember
2: going to <laughs> the woods. It was 20 feet up in a willow tree, and I could not get to it. <laughs> <laughs> it might still be there. I don't, know, I don't know where that I, thing is. I
1: went back and got it. I Did had to you? set a whole new set of steps just to get up there. <laughs> so that's
2: the thing is that um, there's kind of two different approaches to this, and both of them can be something you address. It's not like one side of the aisle or the other. Um, there is... The idea of making things more compact, and there's the idea of making things lighter. Um, We are going to experiment with sticks and stuff a little bit this year. Maybe try to run something a little bit lighter weight. But even, even still, like um, a lot of times with sticks, they're always going to be the same size, so it's hard to kind of address how compact they are. Uh, I ran those like tree step things this year, and those are a little bit more compact, but you get. Most – the average human gets half the distance um, that you would with, you know, like a two-step system. However, I would monkey a whole lot and end up, you know, getting like three feet between each one of those things, <laughs> which is not the safest thing. But, hey, whenever you got like a lineman's belt, you know, you can kind of get away with that kind of stuff. So it's kind of not nice. But um, even like – you've used those muddy sticks. You actually use those a lot this year, right? You went back to using those like
1: most of the time. every time. I don't yeah. know –
2: they, uh, aren't the lightest things in the world, but they work and, um, they actually kind of go together really good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what makes them so nice is they just kind of, they call it nesting, right? Nesting. Mm. One of my least favorite words. <laughs> it's has got a lot of like, space. You know, uh, neat is also one of my least favorite words. It's kind of the same <laughs> I, don't about, neat. I don't like neat. <laughs> um... But, yeah, they kind of nest together and, and work really good. So I think that this is the time of year you can be doing that stuff. We're actually going to have somebody on the podcast to talk about this stuff specifically pretty soon because, like, on my tree steps, I had um, those cam buckles, and that's how you put them around the tree and tighten them down the tree. And it's kind of heavy, kind of clanky, and uh, just not the best system. You know, and this is the time you were, like, you could really, you know, spend 60 bucks on amp steel or something like that and be able to – uh make your setup a lot quieter and more efficient really to get in the tree Mm -hmm. um this is the time of year you can probably think about your boots and socks think about um if that system worked for you if you need to address things on that like um i've pretty much gone to being an all rubber boot guy outside of the hottest of hot days uh we have the Airhead Sports or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that's what they Dude, are. Dude, they're are bad nice. Bone. Yeah, lacrosse.
1: Boot. Hunter is glad to have some. Yeah,
2: he took a picture in his antiques. Uh, he's been a, he's just, been a blister man. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, it's like a neoprene boot with just a rubber bottom. And man, those things are nice. Now, I don't wear them like in the thicket of thick stuff. I usually go back to my regular old rubber boots. Mm. But, uh, you know, outside of like, um, uh, I mean, gosh, you can do a two mile walk in those things, and not even think about it. Yeah. You know, all so. of
1: our uh, all of our winners at the hog hunt got their boots this week too. I saw, oh, good. Um, so they're pretty excited about them. Yeah. They got to choose a a Danner or a Lacrosse boot. So big thanks to those companies for kind of sponsoring that event in a way and <laughs> giving us a, a bunch of boots to give out to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are getting like some expensive boots like full-out snake boot it's like 18 when, uh, inch you know it's like we
2: went to trcp event and costa gave us free glasses it's, it's like, like mm, mm. what's the most expensive pair of glasses <laughs> yeah, on the website it doesn't matter what we need it's like
1: get the most expensive one yeah. that's right
2: man that's yeah. right well because you know they all cost 18 from china anyway so that's gonna hurt you know but yeah. uh, i think that's something you can look at definitely need to um if you haven't you need to explore the concept of bringing an extra pair of socks with you to the tree stand and seeing you know how that fits into your system because when your feet get sweaty it ain't no good uh it's a good time of year to address things that tangle we talked about that a while ago but
1: tingle tingle tangles oh tangle okay got you. yeah
2: yeah tingly <laughs> happens in late late december when it's real cold <laughs> but um i wore that sick pack all year um and you wore it a ton too and there's like one drawback, it's the drawstring on that thing that always tangled up on briars, man. So, uh I'm going to have to do something different about that. Chris and I actually talked on the phone about it or whatever, and he was just like, yeah, hey, just tuck it in. I was like, man, that doesn't always work. not a tucker. Not, yeah. No, I never was very good at that. But, <laughs> Me neither. Uh, <laughs> I don't um, understand how it's supposed to work. But... um <laughs> that's uh that's one of the things i'm going to try to address maybe uh a system for carrying my bow a little bit better on some of the long hikes you know like in kansas i walked a mile to get back where i was going and uh killed a giant killed a big old deer but uh man quite honestly when you're like carrying your bow around especially your bow it's,
1: it's heavy. a lot heavier than mine yeah i got, some, got some junk some, on it got some stuff on it
2: yeah who knows if I need all that, but um, I uh, the more you carry your bow around, like down in your hand, I feel like the more opportunity there is for things to get messed up and knocked around and broken or strings cut on bob wire or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe kind of look at a different way of being able to
1: strap a bow to the what? I was walking in an Iowa, in 2019 and uh, had my bow by the string, you know, uh-huh. I was walking with it by the string. And I'm going It had rained You know And I'm going down this Like I'm in a river bottom But uh, So it's just like Black Slick mud Right mm, And I'm yeah. going up and down Through this little like Drainage that's coming in the river Yeah And I slip hard dude I try to you know obviously the first thing you do when you slip is you like spread your hands out to get your balance you know (laughs) whatever and so I just like took my bow you know I just spread my hands out or whatever and as and I but I'm going down Uh and so my hand ends up over my my head and my bow is being held by its string and it's just like flopping like rage (laughs) and smokes me in the head and I'm like I'm pretty sure that was the sight that hit me on the head yeah and I'm literally like I'm walking in a mile and a half that day Mm. and I was like I'm about to get in here and a 170 is going to come and walk down the ridge, and I'm going to shoot, and it's going to go way over his bag or something. How many deer did you see? Zero. Thanks, John.
2: Oh man, yeah, that was a tough one. Hey, that was you,
1: a good looking spot. You too. killed a
2: good one after that, though. So yeah, it's good. Um, the last thing on the in and out that I have is I am going to not even on my phone. I'm going to straight up get the laptop out, log in on X on the laptop, get that big old screen. And I'm going to look at all these places that I know are deer-killing spots. Because you and I went in and found a couple more deer-killing spots this year on some public land in Texas. Like, Because, side note, a little digression here, we feel like idiots because we have not done as good in our home state as we really wish that we have. I mean, you killed a public land deer last year. Um, but, like, man, I just feel like, we got some unsettled business, yeah. you know. So we're trying to There's take some the areas we
1: have we have been close and we just haven't capitalized yes. yet. Yep. So
2: we need to, like, not even for like <clears throat> I don't know what you want to call it not not even for validation or anything, but just like on a personal level, or I don't know what you call it between two like yeah on a team element level, it's like as
1: much time as we yeah, spend out there, we need
2: to we need to make this thing make happen. happen. So, anyways, I'm gonna get on on X. Use their, you know, directional feature or whatever, and figure out all the different access directions for wind choices or wind options, and maybe even list them like in my phone notes or whatever, and say, hey, um, this place can be hunted on a west, a south, and a northeast, or in, Which probably that's not, I, like, you can't find a place like that, but you get what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like. We end up in situations sometimes where we're, we hunted in a morning and we're like, okay, the wind's going to do this this afternoon. Where do we need to go? And we have to spend like an hour while we're eating water burger to figure out like where we're going to end up hunting that evening because we have to figure out the wind directions and all that. Whereas like if we had just a system lined out to where we have, you know, here's our 12 spots that we know, you know, within a, you know, one acre area, we're going to hang a stand right in there. Uh, where, you know, what's the wind going to do? okay, the winds northeast today, that's going to eliminate nine of those 12. Here's the other three. We're going to have some cell cameras possibly running in there or at least most recent camera data, you know, kind of go from there and say, Mm. okay, well, with all this points, you know, we looked at Onyx, we figured out, you know, what the best access is to this spot on the northeast. There's a 130 that's been in there, you know, once every three days in the month of November. Let's go. And I think that that's going to make us a lot more efficient mm-hmm. on going in on public and feeling good, too. Because that's one of the things we struggle with a lot is, like, uh, you go and have, like, a mediocre morning hunt. And then you, like, sit around for a little bit midday, maybe check a trail camera. And it's not the greatest. And
1: you're like, Ugh, what do I need to do this afternoon? You yeah. know, should I just go home? Yeah, uh, you're looking at, like, having maybe seeing a doe this evening or two and yeah. and like going home getting home late and it's like oof this is yeah no I good but
2: if you can i mean we talk about it all the time i think we had a podcast called it but it's like confidence kills right mm-hmm. so if you can do things to boost your confidence in november right now in april like what there's no better time because you can just let that confidence build until which truth be told around mm, September 28th in the white tail world, I'm feeling like I'm going to kill all the deer, (laughs) you know? And then by about November 6th, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if there's deer out here. But uh, (laughs) anyways, I think that those are all some really great things that you can think about and concentrate on for the month of April to help you kill big bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that you do kill a lot of big bucks. I hope you kill all the big bucks. If you've got six tags i hope that you fill all five of them and then six tag number six you have to hunt to the very last day and then you shoot the biggest (laughs) of your life because uh
1: no reason in in your season too early right yeah yeah is there anything else we need to talk about i don't think so man i mean we've pretty much discussed the fact that crappie are the best freshwater (laughs) fish so take that people that was the only thing i can think of right now because uh man I need to be out there. I need to be out there.
2: <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, if y'all are out killing birds, killing turkeys, shoot us some pictures because we don't know if they exist. Um, they don't live where we live, as we've told you many times. So it gets pretty tough. Like it's pretty, we have some options of where we can go and go turkey hunt, but between getting babysitters and just like the idea of driving three hours to go try to find a turkey. At minimum. At minimum. Yeah. is pretty tough. So, um, maybe uh, send some encouragement that way our way in the in the form of big dead gobs we'd really appreciate it Um, otherwise i hope y'all are having a great spring you're putting plenty of crappie fillets in your freezer and uh you're uh in there cooking supper and doing everything you can to be ready to kill a big buck or 12 this fall Mm -hmm. so remember guys this is your element live in it
0: Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier.
2: Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a
0: subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.